taking on AI-based innovation with a deep sense of social responsibility. You know, so we are we are a combination of a for-profit and a non-profit at the same time. We understand and recognize that you know, what we do, uh, you know, disrupts the traditional jobs as we know it. You know, it has the potential to any AI company is in a way dabbling into disrupting the, the workforce. After 20 years at Investnet, Babu Sivadasan was ready to start a new company and looking for the right idea. He realized that there was a need for intelligent software that could help stitch together other applications and data sets and act as a bridge between humans and algorithms. And that's how his new firm, Jiffy.ai, was born. I spoke with Babu about the difference between real AI and fake AI, how hyper apps can change the world, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. It's another fantastic day in the wonderful world of Wealth Tech. Welcome to episode 70 of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I run a consulting firm called Ezra Group. We're experts in everything related to wealth tech. We deliver growth-oriented solutions to banks, broker-dealers, asset managers, RIA aggregators, as well as their wealth tech providers through our premium advice and targeted market research. On this podcast, I speak with some of the smartest people in the industry who are on the leading edge of technology and innovation. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode across your social media networks. I'd like to welcome our guest for this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. It is none other than Babu Sivadasan, co-founder and CEO of Jiffy.ai. Hey, Babu, how are you? Great. Uh, thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me. I'm happy, to, I'm happy you're here. Um, we haven't spoken in a while, Babu, and I was uh, getting worried about you. You're, you're heads down working so hard and, and building a new company. Uh, it's uh, great to see. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a uh, great experience, you know, just uh, uh, hungered down and uh, that's that's what everybody is doing. And, uh, you know, in the process, you know, creating something uh, great again. Uh, so so uh, uh, very excited about doing that. I'm excited to see it. I mean, you and I go way back. I mean, uh, I, I first met you, I think, in 2005, 2006. So it's been impressive to see the growth. Quite a while ago, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, quite a while ago. Things have changed a lot since then. Yeah, no, I remember like uh, um, we were such a small company and uh, during those S&P days, you know, so uh, we have come a long way at InvestNet yeah. from there. And uh, now I'm back to, uh, you know, being small again. <laughs> back to square one. Yeah, that's how you get everything started. So... Uh, speaking of square one, let, let's talk about Jiffy.ai. Uh, love the concept, love what you guys are doing there. Can you give me the 30-second elevator pitch? Yes. So we are um, a hyper-automation platform. We deliver hyper-apps. Um, um, you know, if you look at enterprise applications, you know, that we have built over the last 30 years, you know, they, you know, they're extremely efficient. You know, they've been built with the fundamental assumption that you know, humans are going to operate them. Uh, with the advancement in AI technology and things like that, you know, so we are delivering uh, next generation enterprise applications you know, that are 
hyper apps you know that are extremely resilient and extremely autonomous applications for enterprise uh, on the middle of office and and extremely engaging front end applications to go with it you know so you look at up and down the stack and you're looking at uh, possibilities of making those applications autonomous you know with the evolution of ai yeah i want to get into that uh, and how you're doing that and and are they really autonomous but first uh, so you, you 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 know you and I met before even Investnet. I think Investnet had just been founded or it was merged with the two companies, right? Investnet and Net Asset Management back in the day. You were in the the, the wealth management space and you know in uh, uh, trading and building applications for advisors. So what gave you the idea to build this company, which is really very different, uh, a completely different uh, take on things? I know we built that great thing capability for the advisors, you know, but if you look at uh, within the enterprise, and if you look at middle and back office within the enterprise, you know, um, from our enterprise, you know, um, um, there is quite a bit of activities, you know, that are extremely manual or, or uh, things, you know, that, that require a lot of uh, stitching things together, a um, uh, lot of uh, things, you know, that, you know, at scale, it, it, it tends to be very challenging, right? So you need application of technology uh, to a lot of that. And uh, you know, we went on, uh, you know, I looked around, looked at all the automation technologies you know, that were out there. Uh, things you know, that could you could do at scale where you handle a lot of documents, a lot of uh, you know, um, applications so that you have to stitch together to perform end-to-end business processes and, uh, you know, thought you know, there was a need for uh, something from the ground up you know, with the uh, foundation built on machine learning you know, that allows you to make a lot of those decisions. You know, so truly bridge the gap, uh, uh, that divide between humans and machines, where uh, traditionally you know, you've always had to employ mechanisms you know, like data entry, um, uh, like you know, um, you, you have to stitch applications together where you have to you have to hand it over to people to kind of do the next step and things like that. Um, whereas, you know, using uh, machine learning, you know, you can, you can, today's technology allows you to bridge that gap very effectively. So we build a lot of capability, machine learning capability and things like that, that can understand any type of documents, you know, that you have to deal with. You know, so um, instead of uh, you having to look at it, read it and, uh, Kind of you know, do the key key that in make decisions based on that. You know, machines can do that. You know, so um, our AI models, you know, uh, our machine learning models, you know, do all that. You know, they, uh, we have cognitive abilities you know, that allow you to understand uh, any kind of documents or any kind of applications. So that you're looking at just just like humans, we look at things. You know, we immediately understand things. You know, we. Uh, um, you know, we listen to things and we immediately comprehend what it is, and we are bringing that level of comprehension to 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 the machines. So I always hear a lot of firms say they have AI. Yeah, and there was a big there was a big boom in, in firms adding appending AI to their name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, right. So, but but I'm assuming you're really AI. So, what is the difference between firms that say they have AI versus firms that really use AI? So, AI, you know, is broadly used or misused, right? Now, people uh, look at uh, rules-based, you know, logic, you know, that you write in applications, and you know, then then you just call it AI. You know, AI is, you know, try to rep- 
a machine learning in general, right? Now he's trying to replicate how our brains work. So you're looking for uh, patterns and you're trying to make decisions on, you know, you're training yourself uh, based on data and, uh, and uh, training the system, right? Now, and then you encounter things, you know, that you haven't encountered before. A rules-based system will immediately fail because, you know, you haven't uh, coded for that. Whereas, uh, you know, a, a machine learned system will will approximate and try to make a decision based on that. And just the same way, you, you know, our brain works. And, uh, you know, so a lot of our capability, when we say we understand a screen or we understand a document, you know, what we really mean is that, you know, we have trained the system for understanding or familiarized uh, platform, uh, our technology with a lot of uh, data set. And, and then, you know, you're able to understand that, you know, to make decisions based on something, you know, that you haven't seen before, right? So, so for example, we have, a, we have an invoice processing hyper app, you know, where uh, we deal with, you know, thousands of vendors, right? Now, but we haven't trained the system for thousands of vendors. You know, we have trained the system for a select number of vendors, and then our machine learning, the, the algorithms, you know, the understanding that it gets from those uh, training is applied for for future uh, things you know that you haven't you haven't seen before you know so so you know it, it is core capability uh, core applications of machine learning in, in, in those those scenarios you know so similarly like when you look at applications right now you see screens uh, and you train a certain set of screens and that leads you to understand uh, using a certain set of screens and now you see a new screen and we are able to understand it. So what that allows us to do is, you know, integrate with the applications you know, more seamlessly. Um, and and uh, even when APIs are not available, we, we are able to go in and out of applications. So tell me more about, um, let's move on to the hyper apps. Yeah. Um, again, another uh, buzzword hyper, right? Um, a lot of people pen the word hyper to things. So when you say hyper app, what do you mean by hyper app? Okay, so so you you have standard enterprise applications, you know that that exist today, right? You know, so they they perform functions, you know, whether it is accounting, whether it is uh, you know uh, um, invoice processing or uh, uh, you know purchase order processing, a lot of functional things, you know, that happen within um, enterprises. You know, there are enterprise applications of today. Uh, only problem with those applications are those applications are built with the fundamental assumption that uh, humans are going to operate them. So in other words, you know, to get an invoice, for example, in into the system, a human that uh, somebody has to key that in. Somebody has to when 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 a vendor sends an invoice to you, you know, somebody is supposed to go in and uh, uh, input all that into the system. So uh, uh, on an uh, organization spend anywhere between five to twenty dollars for uh, an invoice, for example. And then the same can, can be applied to variety of functions, whether it is opening accounts or whether it is a lot of other activities you know, that are fundamental to uh, keeping your business running. Um, so that's what is there today. When we talk about a hyper app is um, autonomous application. So what that means is you know, the same function, same underlying uh, enterprise applications maybe, but you, know, you put uh, uh, a layer of technology on top of it where you eliminate that, you know, um, so where the 
invoices or any type of documents you know that are coming in you're automatically able to feed that in you know so that there is no human involvement in the process so um and if you look at um hyper apps you know so typically applications you know we only see um when it gets to the enterprise midland back office and you know there are there are functions you know that happen there but then there is a front end component to it you know which is engaging with the consumer um and when we talk about a hyper app you know it is that whole stack extremely engaging client experience you know consumer experience and then autonomous behavior on the back end you know midland back office you know where uh, all of that information comes right in and it goes right through all the way to the uh, back end uh, platforms so now we know what a hyper app is and we know one of your big um one of the most popular apps that jiffy.ai sells is the invoice processing can we talk about something that's a little um more related to financial services although of course financial services has to do invoicing but it's more of a back end service on the front end or this maybe this is more middle office you have an automate kyc process right. or a hyper app right that seems like every bank and every broker dealer could use that right true absolutely so so there what we are talking about is you know uh, every account that you open right now so there is a kyc requirement you you need to collect a lot mm-hmm. of information from the consumer from the investor so make that process extremely engaging you know where you don't necessarily have to get it all in one shot you can get it in uh, multiple phases you know but uh, get that process to be extremely engaging it can be multi omni channel right now uh, multiple ways of engaging with the consumer to get that information um, and uh, all the supporting documents whether it is your uh, supporting financial documents and things like that all of that gets sent over and it is automatically processed now so that's what we refer to when we say uh hyper app you know so where all those documents may come in and and literally uh, very little human touch involved in in processing them and then uh, an account gets established all the way to the custodian excellent and is there a, I, i was reading that there's a validation engine that's shared amongst the hyper apps or is it only for certain ones no there are validation engines you know so for example if you have an account opening form and you write on it like let's say you make corrections on it you know you filled it but then uh, you met with the client you know and they made corrections on it or written on it you know so being able to read all that you know automatically extract all that and make sure all of that gets fed uh, back into the core systems and all of that uh, happens automatically so we talked about automation and you talked about the apps being resilient and autonomous. Right. So there's a difference between automation, automated and autonomous. How do you make these apps autonomous? I mean they don't need any human direction. Yeah, so so initially there is human direction, right? But then the system is constantly learning, you know, constantly understanding uh the uh, so we have something called as human in the loop in you know, where system is in uh, comfortable enough to make a certain decision and then human gets involved and um, takes that action but the system behind the scenes is learning that you know so next time say similar action happens uh, it will automatically learn now what we mean by resiliency is you know being able to understand and apply certain uh, logic you know like for example uh, if you are if you are talking about 
documents and things like that. Sometimes, you know, you, you're doing an OCR and, and uh, you're not able to distinguish between a letter I and, and the number one. Like it, it, it looks very similar, right? But being able to apply context, you know, hey, here is this field, you know, this, this could possibly have this, this, uh, this set of values and being able to apply that kind of understanding and, and self-correct mistakes in the underlying technology like an OCR or things like that and uh, that makes it uh, uh, resilient. I want to take a break from this episode to talk about one of my favorite charities. It's the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation, which is a charity that amplifies the efforts of financial advisors who give back to their communities and communities abroad. Invest in Others provides a platform for financial advisors, their employees, and their firms to increase awareness, visibility, and funding for their favorite nonprofits. Over the past 14 years, Invest in Others has given more than $3 million to 300-plus charities across a variety of causes, including health and wellness, education and youth programs, arts and culture, hunger and poverty prevention, and military veterans and more. For more information, please visit investinothers.org. Uh, follow them on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and please make a donation and check if your company will match your donations. It'll double the benefit. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. When you're building out these apps, and I was interested in your Innovate and your 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 code generation tools, which appear to be building blocks that anybody could use to build code. Are you building your own hyper app out of your out of this building blocks, or is that a, a, a separate uh, system totally? No, it's a component. So earlier I talked about the very engaging client experience, right? So uh, when you talk about autonomous behavior, like you know, you don't need any kind of front end, right? But then uh, the way we define the hyper app, you know, there is a front end engagement at the consumer level, at the advisor level, and things like that. So where you do need to build applications quickly. So being able to uh, just simply um, define what you're looking for rather than, and, and let, let systems, the automatic uh, uh, technology automatically create those functional components so that you're looking for there, that becomes uh, a component of this end-to-end hyper app. Um, that uh, is what we're talking about there. So we have technology that can that can take in simple commands or instructions or functional specifications and uh, convert that into um, into uh, you know applications, right? And so so you merge or blend you know automatic picture with you know an engagement with a consumer or or any character that you have to engage with. So so you can nicely blend these two experiences, and that that makes it a hyper app. And the, um, the other part I want to talk about the hyper app was the configurable workflows. So there's yeah. a lot of workflow engines out there, a lot of workflow tools. How is Jiffy's workflow, Jiffy's configurable workflows different? Yeah, no, so we, we look at workflow from an automation perspective. You know, so there are workflows out there, workflow capability out there, but that's all built for, you know, again, going back to somebody has to act on it. No, there is no autonomous behavior built in. That's where that's what we do that. Interesting. Moving on to so we talk about hyper apps. Uh, you have another product that you call Innovate. 
this is the one I think is really valuable and I'm really interested in this being a former programmer, that you're reimagining software development and having the system generate its own code. How are you doing that and how is that better than a real programmer doing the code? You know, where it is really different, I mean, the value add is, you know, we, we, you know, every line of code that we write, you know, we introduce the possibility of bugs, you know. So, so as we speak right now, um, there are uh, thousands of people out there you know, writing, uh, introducing bugs into the, into the software that, you know, uh, because, you know, we, you know, we bring new people in all the time and, uh, you know, we are repeating the same set of mistakes and you know, same um, things, you know, that we have solved before or you don't understand, you don't know that, that you have a piece of functionality that is already in there, but uh, you are still building it, you know, because you, know, you don't know that you know, a new person coming into the team doesn't know about it. So um, um, software development, you know, especially enterprise application development is fundamentally broken that way. Um, whereas, you know, if we were to let systems do that, you know, they have that awareness, they have that digital uh, blueprint of the entire ecosystem, entire uh, application, um, um, that digital twin, if you will, right? So with that, it knows, you know, if, if, if you're looking for a new piece of functionality, it will automatically bring up you know, that, that uh, set of choices, you know, that, that already exists, you know, that you may have already created. Um, being able to, you know, um, write self-tested code, you know, automatically, being able to, so you, you're taking this to a paradigm, a much higher level where you're talking in terms of the needs, you know, that you're trying to solve for and let machines interpret that, you know, so, so we have um, uh, heavy capability in natural language understanding, so we, we are able to um, read those instructions in plain uh, English, right? And, and uh, you know, why do we have to write code? Because, you know, machines didn't understand your own way of express, expressing things, you know? So you had to learn machines way of doing things, right? And, and, and now we are talking about, you know, machines have gotten to that stage you know, where, you know, we can with technology enable them to think like us, you know, or, or enable them to interact and, and take things, you know, that are native to us and have them be interpreted rather than the other way around, which is, which is supposed to be the way, you know, that, uh, it, it, which is what we always wanted, right? And so so it, it's finally getting to be a reality. Mm -hmm. But isn't it true that the AI is just simulating human thought? Or is it really having their own, or is it really having its own thoughts? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really having a series of small innovations, you know, that, that you put them together and, and that's what contributes to that capability. Let's talk a bit about um, your, uh, well, this year you guys raised 18 million in a series A. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you. you. You've done a lot with the company in a short amount of time. Where, um, how is that this latest, fund, this latest funding raise going to help the firm? Yeah, so what we do uh, takes a lot of capital, right? No, I mean, we are, we are um, putting out groundbreaking technology um, you know, that takes a lot of effort and a lot of uh, engineering, a lot of technology investment that is necessary to do that. And uh, we have been fortunate to get that first round of capital that was, uh, you know, essential uh, to, uh, you know, invest 
you know, and, and build a team out, you know, build a strong technology team, uh, technology capability and things like that. So, um, you know, we are in that, you know, we've uh, done that. You know, we, we, are, we are serving clients today. We have uh, 30 plus clients, you know, 10, enterprise, 10 fortune companies as clients. You know, so we are uh, in that, uh, you know, just getting our uh, um, technology out there and, and uh, customers start leveraging you know, the value of it and uh, um, getting to that next step, you know, of the evolution of the organization. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've raised capital from, um, um, uh, you know, outstanding venture capital firms and uh, a b- bunch of uh, public company executives and uh, people uh, who believe in what we are doing. And, uh, you know, so the way we are doing this, you know, we are, we are taking on AI-based innovation uh, with a deep sense of social responsibility. You know, so we are, we are a combination of a for-profit and a non-profit at the same time. Uh, we understand and recognize that you know, what we do um, you know, disrupts the traditional uh, jobs as we know it. You know, it has the potential to. Any AI company is, is a, in a way dabbling into disrupting uh, the, the, the workforce as we know it. And uh, so we, you know, it's been it's been a good um, way to combine the two. So on one end, you know, you can be disruptive, but then on the other end, you, know, you can also be compassionate about it. We can help uh, invest in those people who might be potentially being affected, help them retrain, you know, for the next set of jobs. You know, so it's it's a, a very um, humbling experience that way to kind of try and do both at the same time. I want to remind uh, people who are listening, if you are working for an enterprise wealth management firm or any enterprise, you should look up Jiffy.ai, it's J-I-F-F-Y.ai, and look into their hyper apps and innovative software development tools and testing automation. We didn't even get to that at all. Data analytics, uh, so much stuff here you guys are doing. Uh, We're about out of time. Babu, thank you so much for being on the program. It was great to chat with you again. Glad we were able to connect after all this time uh, away. Yeah, thank you for having me, and let's let's get together in person next time. You know, so I can walk you through. I can show you some of the cool things you know, that we're doing and uh, things like that. You know? So uh, it's great to connect with you again, Ray. Yeah, man, uh, we'll we'll definitely put that on the calendar for when we can all get together in person. All right, all right, sounds good. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Pablo. Hey, it's Craig again. Uh, these are my three takeaways from this episode. Hyper apps are extremely useful. Looks like a lot of great workflow processes are being automated very quickly and easily. Uh, some some pretty big companies are using these uh, these hyper apps. Uh, I don't like buzzwords, but this one seems to fit. I'm looking for big things out of Jiffy AI uh, with their next series of these apps. I've been talking, hearing a lot of firms talk about their ability to generate software without having to code. Uh, you know, the ability to speak a natural language to Jiffy.ai system and have it convert that language into actual running software is amazing and really could be a game changer uh, if it works the way I say it works. I'm gonna do some testing on that myself. I love to see this, this can really help uh, push down the, or the diversify the number of people who can write code and build software. You wouldn't need to have the highest level developers available, you could just give it to the business people, have them say what they want, and it gets built. That's a pretty amazing thing if it works. 
And finally, why can't more firms follow the lead of Jiffy.ai and act as for-profit and non-profit at the same time? The added responsibility could only be good for society and the planet, in my opinion. And that's a wrap for this episode. Please remember to like and subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and talk to everyone next time.